0: Welcome to Atheist Reading, episode 5. Today we're going to talk about Genesis chapter 6, the sons of God, and God plans the flood. <music> Genesis chapter 6. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. Oh, hey, look, would you would you look at that? We have some women now. That's nice. It only took however many thousand years. Uh, okay, verse 2. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they th- were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. That's real nice. The men picked the daughters that are fair and took them as wives. Um, just pick the ones they wanted. doesn't matter what the women want as long as the men are happy. You know, women being property and all. Uh, and the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. Remind me how long the average lifespan is? It's 71.4 to save you the trouble. That's worldwide according to the World Health Organization in 2015. Uh, Verse 4. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown, Uh, Giants in the earth? That's interesting. Why have we not seen any giants in the fossil record? And the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men. We're getting a little explicit here. A little raunchy. Okay, so the next part is, um, it's actually only verse 5. God plans the flood. This is the beginning of that little episode. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. So God didn't like the wickedness of man, which he created and would have always known from the beginning that he would not like their wickedness. Why then did he make man to be wicked? And furthermore, it says that every imagination of the thoughts of his, referring to man's heart, was only evil. I'm sorry, but this is the definition of totalitarianism. Not only are you not allowed to do wicked things, but also you are uh, not allowed to have bad thoughts. I'm going to jump ahead a little here, but you are not allowed to desire your neighbor's possessions or wife, depending on the translation. Um, Reproduction is a base primal instinct uh, imposed upon us. For hundreds of millions of years, our ancestors did not have marriage or families. They simply reproduced. uh, They just had a strong desire to reproduce, otherwise they wouldn't uh, stick around. And if a large enough portion of the population lost this urge, the species would go extinct. I'm not saying the system we have now of marriage is bad. It's just different from that of our ancestors. So to tell someone that they cannot even want their neighbor's spouse, even if they wouldn't dream of acting on it, is heinous. Not even allowed to think about it. In this worldview, we can be convicted of thought crime. And as Hitchens would say, um, it's kind of a divine North Korea. And I don't want any part of it. And I'm glad that there is no credible evidence to suggest that this is actually true. Uh, we're only on verse seven here, and uh, we're already getting a little getting a little uh angry about what I've read. Um so verse seven here we'll move on. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Now he wants to destroy everything, but he just said a moment ago that it was just humans that were bothering him. So now every animal on the planet is being punished for the crimes of men. Well, except the fish, I suppose. They were having a great time. But everything else, like the dogs, cats, elephants, kangaroos, falcons, beetles, and mosquitoes are being slaughtered for something they had no part in or control over. Okay, well, I can I can get behind the mosquitoes, but I don't even uh, need to tell you a reason because screw mosquitoes. Uh, but the turtle, what did the turtles do? They never hurt anyone. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jepheth. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God came about after the earth then? Uh, at least we're on the same page now. But again, here's another contradiction and our chapterly reminder that this entire book is categorically absurd. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. God must have had a severe case of amnesia, because uh, he would have known all of this when he created the universe in the first place. Has he forgotten? Did he want to make an excuse to wipe all the humans off the planet? Or more likely... Is any of this nonsense actually true? Spoiler alert, it's not. But we'll move on anyway. Verse 14. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Nobody knows what gopher wood actually is. Uh, Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. Thou shalt spend roughly a hundred million dollars on it. Thou shalt put chandeliers, AC ducts, Tyvek, and polished hardwood floors in it. Thou shalt screw the state of Kentucky residents out of eighteen million dollars in tax money. Oh wait, we're just talking about Ken Ham's boondoggle. The joke, the embarrassment that is the Kentucky Ark Encounter. His Ark Encounter modeled after this supposed boat. That God allegedly (laughs) told Noah to make a boat, to put all the animals on the boat. Okay, well, let's get there. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it. Above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof. With lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. Okay, so the longest wooden ship ever built was just over 350 feet. Noah's Ark was supposed to be 450 feet long. The largest wooden ships um, built had a terrible flaw in that they would twist and buckle in the seas due to the nature of wood boats. Um, They're just flexible and they're not as sturdy, obviously, as metal boats. The ships that find themselves in the 350-foot class were actually reinforced with metal to combat the twisting. This would have taken thousands of trees to be cut down by a 500-year-old man and his family. And supposedly it didn't sink... Must not have twisted or buckled because it was kept uh, kept all of the animals alive, you know okay back to back to the verse seventeen here, and behold, I even I do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is the earth shall die, man that is gruesome. But with thee I will establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons, and thy wife, and thy sons' wives, with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark, to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee, to keep them alive." And thou and take thou unto thee of all flood that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. For the sake of argument, we will ignore the fact that there is no evidence that any of this happened, and that the boat would have twisted, buckled, and sank if it was built. There's still the matter of God supposedly getting two mating pairs of every land-dwelling creature to make the journey to the ark. Why did all the land-dwelling creatures that aren't human get killed because humans, but all the sea sea creatures were fine why did Where did all the labor come from? Are we to believe that a five hundred year old man and his family built this ship? Remember, we we're told to believe Noah had his kids when he was five hundred years old. Then where did all the wood come from? Most of the time it's argued that God magicked the woods into existence. I'm paraphrasing, uh, but if that were the case, why didn't he just magic the boat into existence? more than anything is this seriously the best plan God could come up with he couldn't just magic them gone if he wanted them gone or magic them to be better people why couldn't he just make the waters stop around Noah or just start over completely he is all-powerful after all how is making a family build a boat to fill with animals and kill everything else that uh, the best plan he could possibly propose That's going to wrap up Genesis chapter 6. Um, <laughs> very interesting. Uh, but before we close for the day, I want to talk a little bit about a pseudoscience that really infuriates me. I am talking about astrology. Astrology is defined by rationalwiki.org as the mass cultural delusion that the apparent position of the sun and planets relative to arbitrary, arbitrarily defined star signs at the time of your birth somehow affects your personality and future. Don't really think I could define it any better than that. Uh, the basis of astrology relies on time and place of birth and the position of the planets and the sun at birth. The different planets are supposedly um, or the different planets supposedly administer their particular characteristics on a person when they are born, depending on where the planet is. Ptolemy wrote a book about um about astrology called Tetrabiblos in the one hundred c e his Tetrabiblos were four books on the influence of the stars. According to the paper, Why Astrology is Pseudoscience by Paul R. Thagard, Tolney's book is still regarded as a fundamental textbook of astrology. This was an essay published in 78 by the University of Chicago Press on behalf of uh, the Philosophy of, Philosophy of Science Association. Um, but one of the most uh, extensive studies mentioned in here was done by uh, Michael Gaquelin. Um, 13 years after Thagard published his paper, Gaquelin wrote his final book on his findings through 45 years of study on astrology, where he collected data from over 500,000 people. Um, his position had not changed since his first book where he states, um, um, have, or he doesn't state this in his first book, but he states this regarding it having collected more, Than half a million dates of birth from the most diverse people, I've been able to observe that the majority of the elements in a horoscope seem not to possess any of the influences which have been attributed to them. These researchers are studying the fundamentals of astrology. This deeper astrology, if such a thing exists, relies on a very specific location and time of birth and relation of the planets and stars at that time. This is a bit different from the extension of astrology that you see in newspapers and websites that offer horoscopes. They're both pseudosciences that are not going to affect you in any way, uh, but horoscopes in newspaper or dating websites are based on zodiac signs generally, or sun signs also in some cases, um, which means that each reading of your horoscope applies to over 500 million people. This is utterly ridiculous. Horoscopes are extremely vague and general so as to apply to as many people as possible. I'm going to read you a couple of my horoscopes from different sources to illustrate my point, um, all for the same day. Focusing too much on one of your more troubled relationships is really not a good idea right now, believe it or not. Sometimes putting tensions under a microscope only makes them seem bigger than they really are. A better tactic right now is to to give each other space. Space to miss one another, and space to figure out where you want things to go next. You could also use some alone time to get back in touch with your own... Singular goals in life. Those matter too, you know. Uh, The next one here. Other people's stubborn attitudes may be hindering your progress, Aquarius. I'm an Aquarius, apparently. Take this as a hint that you need to loosen your grip on a certain viewpoint that you're holding too tightly. There's a great deal of power behind your emotions today, and these emotions want to be heard. Feel free to jump up and take the podium. Speak your mind even though you may not necessarily agree with the group. Hmm, fairly relevant. Speak my mind. I can do it. Uh, the third one I'm going to read you. Today is st- strong for enthusiasm and motivation, dear Aquarius. You can be excited about putting ideas into motion. Small projects that you begin now can have long-term viability, as long as you approach them slowly but surely. Problems, particularly work or health-related, can more easily be solved today. You might suddenly have the tools to handle tricky areas. You have the chance to strengthen relationships with coworkers or with yourself and your attitudes towards work. You might discover new ways of approaching your work. It's a good time to attend um, to aspects of your health, such as diet and exercise, that need some attention. However, you may not always feel understood today. Working at your own pace is favored. So give people space. Loosen my grip on a certain viewpoint, but who knows which one. Speak my mind. Put ideas into motion. I can magically solve problems today as I have tools now, apparently. I can strengthen relationships with co-workers, but I have the day off. Um, and work at my own pace. Goodness, that's a lot to handle in a day. I would wager most of those horoscopes apply to most everybody. That's what they are written to do by random people who are paid to write these, I might add. And that's what they do to do. <laughs> they do apply to everybody. And uh, that seems to be where they're able to get people... Thanks for joining me today. I rambled on again a little bit as usual. Um, New episodes, I'm still kind of releasing them every two weeks officially, but um, I may be putting out an extra one on Thursdays. Um, That's when they come out. So uh, this really... Is going to take a little bit of my time, so if you if you like what you hear and want to support the show, give it a five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever, wherever else you can find podcast Ratings really help. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or general feedback, you can email me at atheistreading at com. You can tweet to at atheist underscore reading on Twitter, or uh, head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash atheistreading to join the conversation. And if you feel like it, you can make a per-episode donation. Episodes are released on a bi-weekly basis, which, to save you from having to Google that like I always do, means every two weeks, episodes air Thursday mornings for everyone and uh, Wednesday mornings for patrons. Thanks for joining in and have a great day.